Welcome to the Ephesians 3 podcast. Here you can listen to the student talks given at Ephesians 3, a weekly fellowship where students at Newman Parish in Columbia, Missouri, speak on topics of faith and experience fellowship and life-giving community. Based on the passage of Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 through 19, the ministry seeks to lead students deeper in the Catholic faith through community, conversation, and prayer. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Thank you all for coming. Of course, we have to start in a prayer, as all good things do. And of course, it's the Memorare, because it's my favorite prayer ever. And this is a talk about Mary. So please join me. I put the words on the screen for your sake. So let's let's start. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly into thee, the virgin of Bernice, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. A mother of the Lord incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. I love this prayer, and I have specifically bolded the words, never was it known, because it kind of highlights just Mary's role, that never was it known that anyone who asked for Mary's intercession was left unaided. So, let's talk more about this. So first of all, why am I here today? First of all, Marian Consecration Room. Hope you guys are in the right spot. That's what I'm talking about. If not, <laughs> show yourselves out. Anywho, I'm up here today because my roommate, Christine, was like, hey, Amy, I'm doing this book, 33 Days to Morning Glory. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've done that before. I'd love to do it again with you as like a reconsecration. So I started again with Christine and then I felt really called to apply for this talk and here I am. Maybe I was the only one applied uh, when by default, but yeah, here I am. So I did that with Christine, but I'd done it three years earlier. I don't, I'm uh, was that my junior year? Not important. Three years earlier. Actually, my three year anniversary of the consecration will be tomorrow on the feast of what is it, Immaculate Conception? So wow, come in full circle for me. God moment. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I did it again. Um, so this book, 33 Days to Morning Glory, is broken up in four weeks. It goes through the teachings of four saints about Mary. It is St. Louis de Montfort, St. I know the second one, Mother Teresa, St. John Paul II, and then St. Maximilian Colby. They're teachings about Mary. And then at the end of the month, you say the consecration prayer and put your name in and then boom, you're consecrated. Wow. So you could like say the prayer without like doing all the before work, but it's fun because then you can really like think and meditate on like Mary building relationships. So yeah, that is kind of the book that I've drawn this talk off of and I'm going to dive into it. But first of all, three years ago, you might be wondering the picture on the screen, what that pertains to. Those are the friends that I did the consecration with the first time I did it. One of my girlfriends was like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I bandwagon was like, yeah, I will too. And I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Uh, and here I am now. And looking back, like I said, it's been three years. I can really see how, because we did that consecration together and really like built our relationship on Christ, on Mary, I have stayed in very close relationship with those girls all throughout my life. Well, all the past three years, it's gotten stronger, but I've been friends with them for a while. Anywho, moving on. And then also, I think this uh, consecration prayer has really impacted my personal prayer life. I've noticed in the last three years, just kind of a like no like radical change, but just like a very consistent 
strong like little nudge like mary just kind of dragging me closer and closer to the cross like anytime i stray from the path just like just a gentle mother pushing me back on the way so that's kind of how it has impacted my life but let's hop into what is consecration you may be wondering i looked up the definition on catholic encyclopedia and here it is an act by which a person is separated from secular or profane life and dedicated permanently to the sacred pretty cool definition right um so this can be a person or a thing like for example got a picture of the altar like the altar in mass is consecrated like specifically for that purpose it's used like in the holy mass that's its purpose and that's also what we're doing to ourselves through like a consecration prayer like you're consecrating yourself to the holy it literally means with the sacred so it's a pretty radical promise you guys like i did not know i was agreeing to this when i did that prayer three years ago with my friends um so why specifically marian consecration a lot of times you'll hear people say like oh i'm consecrating myself to mary but really the full part of that is you're consecrating yourself to jesus through mary and that's the important part um, is that Mary's whole goal, you'll hear me say it a lot through the talk, Mary's goal is to bring us closer to her son, closer to Christ. So I think a lot of times people are kind of afraid, like, oh, like, if I'm just, like consecrating myself to Mary, like, is that taking away time from Jesus, like prayer time, love, devotion? It's not, because Mary is not in competition with her son for your time and your love, because uh, her whole role is to bring us back to her son. Anything that you could possibly bring to Mary, she's going to turn right around and give to her son. Um, so yeah, who better to entrust ourselves to um, than the woman who the very God of creation entrusted his only son. Uh, and I really like praying on that point. Um, like who better to give our ourselves to than Mary because she did such a good job with Jesus, right? Um, and then also it didn't stop there. Mary's uh, motherhood over Jesus because she's hashtag the best mom because she is all of our moms. So we see this moment when Mary becomes our spiritual mother um, in John 19 when Jesus is on the cross and remembers his little mother and remembers us, us as he says to Mary, woman, behold your son, and then to the apostle John, behold your mother. So in that moment, hi Caroline, little shout out. Um, <laughs> in that moment, Mary becomes all of our spiritual mothers to look out for us, to guide us closer to our son, to give us guidance, um, and to overall do what good, good moms do. Um, and like I said, her role is to bring us to the foot of the cross with her son. But we do need to say yes to really invite Mary into this. And that's kind of what Marian consecration is, is giving a very explicit yes to letting Mary work in our lives. Uh, and the more we say yes, the more um, Mary can work like and come into our lives. So, but still, why Mary? I had a lot of hesitations when I did this, as you can see. So I'm kind of trying to reflect on what stopped me up to help you guys out as well. Still, why Mary? You might be thinking, you know, I've got Jesus God the Father, the Holy Spirit, like why, why another person, you know, telling me I need to pray to this other person now. Um, Mary just really is a beautiful tool, a beautiful gift that God has given us to help us draw closer to himself. She's just another amazing tool um, to help draw closer to God. And not only is she, well, she's not just a little bonus card. I'll put it that way. She is an extremely powerful way to get to the Lord. A number of saints and popes and what are they called? Teachers of the church have put out a lot of teachings about Mary that attest to this point. Um, St. Louis de Montfort, one of the saints that the, the book talks about, says that there is no sure or easier way than Mary in uniting all men with Christ. Um, Father Michael Gately, the author of 33 Days to Consecration, goes on to say, um, he says many, many times throughout the book that Marian consecration is a quick, easy, and secure way to holiness. And then Mary's a boss. She has a certain amount of power and 
oomph over um, Satan. I put a, I found a couple funny pictures of Mary on the internet, punching Satan in the face. And of course the classic Mary stuff. And Justin has some socks with like the head of like the snake is on the bottom. Yeah, and like you're stepping on <laughs> Satan as you wrote socks. It's a fun concept. I did, yeah. Um, but particularly because of Mary's like humility and littleness as our mother, she has a, a strength over Satan because of her littleness and her conversion of, of uh, sinners. So yeah, that's why Mary, she's very powerful. Her whole role is to bring us to Christ. She is just a great companion to have on this walk. So um, I'm not going to give up all the fun parts of the book, but I just wanted to pique your interest and pull out two specific things that I didn't know about the consecration going in or just things that I thought were really cool about Mary. That photo is super grainy. Sorry, guys. Anywho, um, the first point is you're giving up all your merits when you do this consecration prayer. Um, this comes in on day four of the prayer. And I was like, Let's pump the brakes here. That seems pretty drastic. Like everything I have, I didn't even know I had this stuff. And now you're telling me to give it up. Um, so I kind of pulled an excerpt to show what that like giving up merits means. It's from St. Louis de Montfort also has like his own version of the consecration prayer. And it says this, I deliver and consecrate to you as your slave, my body and soul, my goods, both interior and exterior, and even the value of all my good actions, past, present, and future without exception. So that's a pretty big gift. Um, all, everything, past, present, future, body, soul, like you pretty much checked all the boxes there. Um, and that means two things. One is that we can't offer up sufferings and prayers to specific people. We are giving Mary the liberty to take our prayers and our sacrifices and use them for whoever she sees fit needs the most in that moment. Um, the second thing that comes from that is um, that we appear before God on our day of death in heaven with nothing. We've given everything to Mary. And you might be thinking, Amy, those two things don't sound too great, um, but rest assured, this is the greatest return on investment that you could ever have. Anyone accounting return on investment? My sister's an accounting major, so I thought I'd put that in for her. Anywho, um, because Mary, thank you for laughing. Mary is never outdone in generosity, never. So um, anything that we could possibly possibly give to her, she's going to give back in equal or greater quantity. Um, any soul that gives itself to Mary, she's going to give herself right back to them. So um, those people that we're praying for, Mary's going to be able to take care of them better than we ever could and get them the prayer that they need in the right moment. Mary's going to be able to intervene for us on the day of our death. Uh, and then also, and as a part of that, never outdone in generosity, um, whenever we like pray or offer like anything up, Mary intervenes for us and takes that prayer, purifies it and makes it even more worthy um, of being brought before the Lord. And in order to clarify this point, um, I pulled this really beautiful analogy um, that St. Saint Louis Montfort, he's a French name, Montfort, I don't know. Um, and it's an analogy between a peasant, a queen, and a king. It's kind of long, but I think it's really beautiful. So just bear with me here. I'm going to read it. Um, it is as if a peasant wishing to gain the friendship and benevolence of his king went to the queen and presented her with a fruit, which was his whole revenue in order that she might present it to the king. The queen, having accepted the poor little offering from the peasant, would place the fruit on a large and beautiful dish of gold, and so on the peasant's behalf would present it to the king. Then the fruit, however unworthy in itself to be a king's present, would become worthy of his majesty because of the dish of gold on which it rested and the person who presented it. So I put a little key there in case you didn't get it. Us, peasant, Mary's the queen, king is God. Okay, um, so uh, I think this real analogy just really highlights that like gift of anything that we give in prayer, Mary's going to take it, like even though it's the smallest little sacrifice, 
and make it so much beautiful, beautiful and uh, presentable to the king. So yeah, that's an advantage. And then the second point I pulled out from the book uh, is Mary's role as the mediatrix of grace. I'd never heard this term before I did the consecration. Mary is like the mediatrix of grace. Mediatrix basically means mediator or of grace. So Mary mediates grace between like God and us as humans, which is a really cool role I never knew Mary had. And she takes on this role through her relationship with the Holy Spirit because Mary is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Also never knew that, um, but you'll learn it if you read the book or learn about Mary more. Um, so Mary takes on this role. We can see it in the Annunciation. The angel Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Uh, and then Mary says yes to conceiving Jesus. And in that moment, gives the Holy Spirit permission to work in her. Um, so that like then in that moment, we can see Mary take on the role as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit takes great joy in working through his little spouse and um, helping Mary to accomplish her task, which, as I mentioned, Mary's task, bring us closer to Jesus, closer to holiness. Um, so, yeah, this is a really powerful Mary role that Mary has that I really didn't know about. This picture is from the Immaculate Medal, if any of you guys have seen that. Mary's like holding out her hands and the, her grace is pouring out on the world. Uh, and those rays of light, which is really cool. Um, some saints, Maximilian Kolbe has solidified this point. He says, God has willed to entrust the entire order of mercy to Mary. And the Holy Spirit does not act except through the Immaculata, his spouse. Hence, she is the mediatrix of all the graces of the Holy Spirit. So as you can see, Mary can be a very powerful companion in prayer and in our lives. And to reiterate this point and show you how a consecration to Mary can impact your prayer life, I would like to invite up two of your fellow Newman peers to give some testimonies. So, and now without further ado, <laughs> Anna West, please come on up. Yes. I should have worn my hat, but. Um, my name is Anna, for those of you that don't know me. I'm a sophomore in the business school. And I did my Marian consecration this past summer. Um, and to say that it completely changed my life is like an understatement. Um, it changed the way I pray, the way I view Mary, the way I view the way I view God, like just about everything. Um, and I had no idea what it was when I started it. Um, I was recommended it to read it by a priest um, who knew me pretty well, and so I just figured that I would go for it. Um, and I read the introduction, which kind of explains what it's about. Um, and I thought, wow, this is like a huge commitment, and I just felt completely ready to say yes which what a blessing, like that's a very God moment because myself, like I would have had no ability to comprehend without that. So that was pretty amazing. And then like Amy was saying about day four, it starts to explain the meaning of mediatrics of all graces. Um, and that right there, that concept is like what truly changed everything for me. Um, it talks about Mary um, as the person that you can pray to in order to offer things to the Lord. And what it did for me was it allowed me to take like my ranting and my complaining that I did to Jesus quite frequently, I might add, um, and allow it to like truly be an offering to him. And then in return also receive like that condolence and that um, like care of a mother in return, um, which really just like allowed me to grow in relationship with her and also be able to grow in relationship with Jesus as I wasn't complaining to him 24 seven um, anymore. And not only did she teach me what it looks like to truly just say yes to God and allow him to take over like all of those places of your life, um, but she taught me a lot about like 
femininity and what it looks like to truly live as a woman in the church and for the church, as she is the one who literally did it perfectly. Um, And yeah, so she just taught me so much about like what that looks like to live it out in her yes. Um, And I found that I can really transfer that to so many other areas, if not every single other area of my life. And I know that she wants the same thing for all of you guys. She wants that relationship. Um, And she wants to be that mother for you as she's a mother to the whole world. And I cannot encourage you enough, if it's not the consecration, to at least grow in relationship in some way to Mary, whether that be the rosary, learning more about her, um, reading the consecration book, whether or not you consecrate yourself. I think that once you finish it, you will want to, but if you don't, you should still read it. And with that, I know that Christine also has a very beautiful testimony about her relationship with Mary, and I would love for you guys to hear it. Thank you, Anna. Um, I'm Christine. I'm a sophomore. And earlier this year, I was recommended 33 Days to Morning Glory by Miss Anna West. Um, and I just recently completed my Marian consecration. I was honestly nervous to start the consecration because I had so many fears. You know, what if I don't do it right? What if I mess it up? Or like, what if nothing happens? But I had to remind myself that all prayer is good prayer. And as long as you open your heart to Mary, she will work wonders. So I start 33 days to morning glory, and as the days pass, I start to notice this like inner peace and calm that just stayed with me all day long. And it wasn't like my life had suddenly gotten easier. I was interviewing almost every day for internships, and I was taking difficult exams, but none of these things were stressing me out like they used to do. I just had this like deep realization that Jesus and Mary were with me in every moment. And before my interviews, I would just ask Jesus and Mary and the Holy Spirit to be with me, guide my words, help the interviewees like me. And I knew that Jesus and Mary and the Holy Spirit were listening. And I could just feel their presence sitting with me. And it brought me so much joy and a peace that I had never felt before. The thing is, though, I didn't really connect this peace with the Marian consecration until I had about a week left with a consecration. And people would ask me how the consecration was going, and I didn't really have a great answer for them. I was like, it's going fine. I'm learning about Mary. But I didn't really feel like I was a changed person until someone asked me, how has God worked in your life recently? And for whatever reason, it just hit me like a ton of bricks that the peace I had felt was no coincidence. The peace I had felt was a constant embrace from Mary. During the consecration, and there's no other way to describe it, Mary had wrapped me in her arms and reminded me every day how beloved I am. And it just brought me so much joy. Mary brought me an inner joy that I don't think I'd ever felt before. Thank you. Thanks, Christine. Thank you, guys. Uh, That's pretty much all the content, but I'm going to give you guys some next steps, what to go from here. So I would recommend to all of you to take this knowledge to prayer. Hopefully you learned something or like, Maybe you already knew it, but just kind of triggered your interest again. So pray about it. Pray to Mary. Pray to Jesus. Uh, And then perhaps if you're feeling called, do the consecration. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, This is only like one of the one of the books. St. Louis de Montfort has like his own book in consecration prayer. Um, So, yeah, explore that. And then also we're in Christmas time. I mean, feast day of Immaculate Conception is like tomorrow. So um, just kind of like reflect on Mary and her role as the mother of God and our own mother. And I'm really excited you guys all came. Hopefully you learned something. Uh, of course, it's your turn now. We have some reflection questions. Do I hop right into those? Or? Do I just read them out loud and then they can all? Oh, they can reflect? Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I'll read them out loud and then you can reflect. For the purpose of the podcast. Oh, for the purpose of the podcast. Okay, so here are the reflection questions. <laughs> what is your relationship with Mary like now? What is something you learned about Mary in this talk slash what is something you would like to learn about Mary? What are two ways you can build a relationship with Mary this Advent? And then I put Q&A with Amy if time allows. Yeah. Thank you.